0: Hey, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. Today, I'm really excited to introduce you to a Beauty Biz Club expansion member. She is in my higher level coaching program called Expansion. And the reason I'm bringing her on is because these girls are rocking it in the beauty industry. And I said to them, anyone want to be on the show? Anyone have a story to tell? And I got this great email from Carly saying, yes, I have a deep love for this industry, but I've I've really had some challenges along the way to get to where I am today. And I would love to inspire your audience with my story. So Carly is a licensed esthetician. She is the CEO, the owner of Skin Plus in Austin, Texas. And I'm really excited to share this episode with you because I think hearing from our fellow practitioners is an awesome way to create some of our very own inspiration, motivation, and really to set some goals for ourselves. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode with Carly. She is a hard worker. She has these awesome strategies. You'll hear them throughout the show. And she also is the formulator of her own product line. And she's going to share some information. I know many of you are curious about how to make this happen in your life. So she was really open and honest, and I've enjoyed the show. And I know you're going to as well. <music> Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Cree, and today my guest is Carly Sanchez. Hi, Carly.
1: Hi, Lori. Thank you for having me.
0: You know, every now and then I like to grab a fellow Beauty Biz practitioner and have them share their story because I think it's so inspirational for our listeners. And you're one of the members in my Beauty Biz Club, one of my expansion members. And I'm so excited that you're here because you're fairly new to my coaching group, and I really want to get to know you. Yeah, I am new
1: to the group and the group is actually really exciting and I love being in it and sharing information and also just getting information from other people in the industry as well. So I really appreciate you starting the group
0: so I could be in it. Oh, of course. Of course. I was thrilled when when I saw your application come in and I got to read through your story and I'm excited to share it here today because nothing is more inspirational than hearing how somebody has powered through some crazy times to become successful in the industry. So thank you for for being here and providing that type of motivation and inspiration for the listeners.
1: Yeah, of course. I've really wanted to share my story just from even talking to my clients. They're like, man, you should go on like a TED talks or something like that. And I, you know, I, when I had the opportunity to share it with you, I, this is like the perfect place to do it because you know, a lot of estheticians and beauty biz people listen and it, you know, sometimes can be a struggle to just start up and start your own thing.
0: Well, when you end up on a TED talk, I'm going to say, I, <laughs> I, I knew her, we, we featured her here first. So that's cool. <laughs> so tell me you're in Austin, Texas. Yes, I am. And is that where you're from?
1: No, I am from Spokane, Washington.
0: Oh, how'd you end up in Austin?
1: I actually was going to move to Boulder, Colorado, and I am an, so I am an outdoorsy girl. I love the mountains. I mean, I drive a Subaru and shop at REI. I'm just, that's the type of person that I am. So I had all these intentions of moving to Boulder, Colorado, and for some reason, it just kind of didn't feel like my place. And I was dating this guy at the time who I grew up next door to. And I was telling him about it and just that I didn't really feel like I wanted to move there. And he said, well, I've heard Austin, Texas is cool. Uh, Maybe we should just move there. So I was in Boulder and just kept driving. And I had never been to Texas until I ended up here.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, that's brave. How old were you when you did that?
1: Oh, let's see. I think I was 28.
0: Very cool. So we're, how long have you been an esthetician?
1: So I've been an esthetician in Austin for, let's see, I think I got my license in 2012.
0: Now, I have some other girls that I've become really close to in the industry that say Austin was a hard market to break into. Do you agree with that? Was it for you?
1: Um, yeah, I, you know, I... I worked full time while I built my business. So I wasn't really kind of just sitting there wondering why I didn't have clients all day long because I I had another job (laughs) while I was building clientele. So, you know, I just think that once you kind of get on your right life path, everything just kind of comes together. And I think that that's, you know, obviously I struggled a little bit, but once I found it, it just kind of happened.
0: Well, I want to end our podcast today talking about your niche. Let's work our way up to that because you've really found a sweet spot and you're doing really well in this area of aesthetics. So let's talk about. You have a great story. So you were not an esthetician when you were in Seattle. You became one when you moved to Austin.
1: Yeah, that is correct. I actually um, just a little tidbit about how I even knew what an esthetician was. I had moved home back home to Spokane. And was just kind of like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And my mom said, oh, there's this really cool class at the community college I heard about. You get to like, you know, play with makeup and skincare. <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> so, so I ended up enrolling and it was a night school and it was, so that was my first introduction to that type of schooling. I had no idea what it was and it was an aesthetic school and I really loved it, but I ended up not going forward with getting into that career at the time. So that was, I mean, oh my gosh, that was probably 20 years ago. So when I moved down here, I, my ex-boyfriend and I at the time owned a pool service business and I just didn't really, it wasn't, you know, what I really wanted to do. So I started looking into, well, what the heck else am I going to do? I I want to do something that I totally love and I wanted to help people. And so I started looking into doing the skincare thing again. And then I had to go back to school once again. <laughs> so what I did is I called all of the places that I thought that I wanted to work in Austin and asked them where they were hiring estheticians from. And all of them kind of said this one school. So that's how I how I chose my school.
0: Ooh, what a good tip for people listening in that want to go to aesthetic school.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, it definitely for sure. I think I, I picked the best school in Austin. That's for sure.
0: So I want to talk a little bit, you go to school, you get out and there were some serious bumps in the road when you first started. Again, I think your story is going to help anyone listening in that maybe doesn't feel like they have a flow going in their practice right now. So Talk about what happened after school in your first few jobs in the aesthetics industry.
1: Yeah. So right after school, I think I even got a job even before I even got my license. So I got a job. I worked. I just primarily just wanted to do waxing because I wasn't really
0: into all of the frou-frou spa stuff. That's just not my personality. That's funny because you ended up doing just the opposite, mainly only (laughs) facials. We'll talk about that later, but that's really funny.
1: (laughs) I know. I guess I've just changed over the years. So yeah, I just wanted to do wa- I just wanted to do waxing and and we were able to do Brazilian waxing in school. And so I had already kind of had a little bit of experience and I was pretty good at it. So I got a job with a just only waxing place and they were opening up an, a new location and they knew that I had experience with with business and opening. I should also say that my parents um, are entrepreneurs and I've worked with them and stuff like that, so they kind of brought me in to start up their new location, and I was the only esthetician there. And I think I stayed for about a year. And you know, like like many estheticians just out of school, you just kind of go through the flow of hiring and signing paperwork and blah blah blah. And so, kind of halfway into my career there. I started calculating my paychecks and they were a little off.
0: You know what's so weird? First of all, I was a tomboy. So I think it's funny that you say you were too. And then we end up in a pampering beauty world. (laughs) But I also got totally ripped off at my first job in the aesthetics. And when I said something to her, she's like, you should be happy you're making this amount. And I go, this is so wrong.
1: Yeah, and that's basically what happened to me. So I confronted the owners. And I was told that I should be happy to have this job that women would kill to have my job that this is the hottest place to work and whatnot. And so I, you know, at this time, I was still living paycheck to paycheck. And I just didn't really know what to do. You know, I kind of was talking to my dad about it. And he was like, Oh, you got to do this, this and this, but I was scared. I didn't, I didn't want to lose my job.
0: Right, Right.
1: And so I had confided in another girl they had several locations so I asked another girl like hey is this do you, is this being taken out of your check and uh, and so anyway that kind of spread then all the other girls found out what was going on and I actually ended up getting fired
0: <laughs> Were you the only one that it was happening to or were they taking the time to look at their paychecks as well
1: So that that that's kind of what fueled everything is that everyone else started looking at their paychecks Someone on Facebook um, at one of the other locations contacted us and said, hey, let's go have a meeting. Can we all talk about this? Because um, someone had contacted the uh, the workforce commission. And so we all went to dinner and sat around. And our agreement was that we were going to say, hey, we've we've done some research. We found out what you're doing is actually illegal we don't want the money that you've taken from us so far. Just going forward, we don't want any, any more of this money taken out of our paycheck. So that was on like, I think we met on like a Wednesday night. I was called in on a Thursday. They fired me on a Thursday. Some, a couple other girls got fired on a Friday. So they basically got rid of all the people, the threatening people.
0: <laughs> that was brave of them because this could have been a big lawsuit.
1: Yeah, it really could have been a big lawsuit, and I, you know, they really scared people off. I, I don't think I don't really think anyone that I work with there works there anymore. But yeah, so that was definitely a learning experience for sure. Because now, you know, I just want to educate people and you know make sure you know what you're signing. um, You know, because they kind of wave that in our face, like, well, you signed it. Well, what we signed was completely misinformation. They were saying something about credit card processing fees, but the percent they were taking out was like 15 or 20% or something like that. Well, you know, I mean, you and I both know we have businesses. You can't take out more than 3% for credit card processing fees. That's just
0: how they charge. So anyway, just always read everything. (laughs) Well, you know what I tell everyone, and I do a lot of one-on-one coaching and consulting in the spa industry, and I get so many calls saying, how do I bring on an employee? And as an employer... My first advice is to pay an attorney for an hour of their time, an employment attorney. So you know what you're doing because these laws change all the time. So for employers, get your act together. Get, get an attorney who knows the laws in your area to support you making this type of decision. And then you're right. As an employee, you got to read your stuff and know what you're signing.
1: Right. Yeah. And you do. And, and that's the problem is that most
0: estheticians just, they, we just want a job. Well, and I was guilty of that in the beginning, too. I didn't even know what I was signing up for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and really, honestly, I have to thank them because I know so much now. And Lori, if I, because I was just kind of getting burnout on that job, and I, and I had looked at other jobs in Austin, and, and I didn't want to work anywhere else. I mean, nowhere else was appealing to me because my other friends that I had gone to aesthetic school with we're having kind of the same issues. So I was just kind of like, well, what the heck am I going to do? I mean, there's really no one great to work for unless I want to go work for some big spa, but that's not what I wanted to do.
0: You felt this way before you figured out what they were doing with your paycheck, like you wanted to be somewhere else. Because it's funny how when we think this thought and we plant the seed, the universe kind of shoves us in that direction.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, I was kind of thinking, well, man, maybe I just don't want to work in this industry anymore. And so I'm thankful that I got fired because if I hadn't, I probably would have just quit and told my clients that I wasn't going to do aesthetics anymore. But then my when I after I was gone, my clients started showing up and I wasn't there. So they didn't even call my clients and tell them that I wasn't there. And, you know, I've been doing Brazilian waxes on someone for a year and then all of a sudden someone else is there. Yeah. No. I mean, you know that is you don't want someone else with your lady bits. You know?
0: Exactly. <laughs> I always tell people once you get a Brazilian bikini waxing client, you have a loyal client for life. They oh, don't yeah. like to go anywhere else.
1: No. So I had enrolled in the fire academy.
0: <laughs> Did you do this after you got fired?
1: I I started looking into it before I got fired, because I was thinking, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, maybe I'm just going to have to start my own business. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to work for someone else while I built my business, but I didn't have enough money just to go open up a business. So I knew I needed to work. And I knew being in the medical industry, I could work a full-time job in three days. So my idea was, you know, work three days and then the rest of the days do the aesthetics thing. And I, and I kind of always thought that maybe I would just have two jobs, an aesthetics job and then a medical job. So, yeah. So after I, I left the waxing place, I started going to school and then people started finding me on Facebook, my old clients, and they're like, where are you? We need you to wax us. <laughs> well, I didn't have a place to wax anyone. And, and I kind of just was like, well, I'm not ready yet. I didn't even really have any equipment. I had one little wax pot and then a table. And this one girl just kept hounding me and hounding me. She goes, please just come to my house. Just come to my house. <laughs> so you pull up in the fire truck with your wax pot. So into her house and waxed her. And she was like, please, you got to do this, you have to do this. And I had a client who was a massage therapist. And she had mentioned to me when I was waxing her that I should like rent just part time from her. So I reached out to her and asked if I could just use the room, you know, a couple hours a week to start waxing. So that's kind of what I did. I just, you know, just had clients in there when I mean, I maybe have like three or four clients. It wasn't a lot at all. And then, you know, would go to night school and I eventually finished up the fire academy and got a, you have to do clinical rounds for the fire academy. You have to do them on the ambulance and then also in the ER. And when I was in the ER, I thought this would be perfect because I won't have to do a 24 hour shift. I can just do a 13 hour shift. So while I was doing my clinical there, I just kind of found out all the people I needed to talk to to get a job there and ended up getting a job. So I worked Sunday, Monday, Tuesday were my days. seven, And I worked night shift. So I worked 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Oh,
0: gosh. <laughs> That'll age you. I used to fly those all-nighter flights, and I felt 100 years old in the morning.
1: Yes, so you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> first, um, Yeah, so I just started working in there, and then I would have to try and <laughs> transition from – you know, working night shift and then working in the days doing kind of the the spa stuff or the waxing stuff. So I would on Tuesday, no, let's see when I would transition Saturday night, Sunday, I would stay up all night long and go grocery shopping at midnight and then cook all my food and then go to bed at seven in the morning and then wake up and go to work later in the afternoon. But in all of that, I... Had to move spaces because my old job tried to come after me because I did sign a non-compete. Once again, another thing that I signed. And I didn't want to fight it, whether or not, really, honestly, they—they, they, I probably could have fought it and it would have been fine. So I ended up finding a new space that was seven miles away because that's how far I needed to be. And at the time, I thought it was the most expensive rent in the world. And it was only $350 a month. Oh my,
0: I've never paid that. Even 16 years ago, I was paying that pretty much per week. So you yeah. Texas girls are lucky.
1: <laughs> this woman owns a, um, a a really successful massage place. And she rents some rooms out. I think there was another esthetician right next to me. And then there was, I think, like a psychologist and, and then another type of person and then me this one little area. And so, you know, business kind of starts picking up because I'm working in the ER and some of the nurses are kind of asking me, Hey, what can you do for my skin? (laughs) So I start getting a little bit more clientele, still working night shift. And I notice this is kind of another crazy wall that I had to climb, you know, a few months into my renting there the people just weren't really that nice, the staff of the massage place and the esthetician next door. They had talked to me earlier, and then all of a sudden, they stopped kind of talking to me. And you know how it is when you're trying to build a business. I put out to all the girls there, hey, um, come see me, free waxing, free skin, whatever you want, free. And no one came to see me. And I just thought it was the weirdest thing. So go ahead.
0: Well, do you know why they were like this?
1: Yeah. So I, a new girl had been hired at that place and she started talking to me and said, Hey, you should move out of here. (laughs) And she said, there's a place for rent. And it was actually in the space that I had previously been where I was renting just like an hour or two. It was a a vacant room. And so at this time my non-compete was up and I could go ahead and move. So I decided to move. I moved everything. The rent was even more. So it was like 600 and something now at this point. And after I move in, I get a phone call from the woman who I was renting from. And she said, hey, I want to tell you, I'm sorry for the hostility I know you felt while you were renting from me. (laughs) I said, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really understand what happened. All of a sudden, you know, no one really was talking to me. And she said, I don't know what came over me. I really try and support other women in business, but for some reason, I was intimidated by you and didn't like you, and I purposely tried to sabotage your business by telling my clients and staff not to go see you.
0: Unfortunately, I think stuff like this happens a lot in our industry, but what I love about you is you just keep powering through, and strategically, I mean, everything you do seems to have such a beautiful strategy. (laughs) like, I'm going to figure out a way.
1: (laughs) It was just, and you know, I just thanked her and I said, well, you know, I I hope you learned a lesson and that you never, you know, that you don't feel like you have to do this again. And if you're threatened, it's, you know, maybe look inside. It's some sort of
0: insecurity. The fact she called you and admitted that is huge. Maybe she was ready for some self-development type growth.
1: Yeah. She was at a funeral. Ah. I think she was at a funeral, yeah. So anyway, I moved into the new space and everything totally changed. I mean, one, my, I think just being positive about things and being in a new space where people weren't being so negative. And then that's when I kind of started getting a little bit more clientele at that
0: point. No wonder you (laughs) love the beauty biz club so much.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We're all in
0: there supporting each other.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. And so I... I had been, you know, I'm still working in the ER, still doing, at this point, I think I had now changed to day shifts, which was awesome. Now my, now my life was actually really getting better because I wasn't so tired all the time. So I was working day shifts and then I, I was going to this gym and I was going to them before I lost my job. And I emailed them and said, Hey, I'm going to have to, you know, cancel my gym membership. I'm just kind of, you know i i don't have the money right now well they were so awesome they i think they let me have like a month free and then the next month at a super discounted rate and austin is so expensive for gym memberships it's like a car payment around here <laughs> so this was really awesome, because this is kind of where things started to change. I was in an all women's lifting group. And the coach at the time, there was a, a hair girl in the group, me, and then someone else in the beauty industry, I want to say. And the coach said, hey, if you guys are all looking for services, Carly does this, this person does that. And after the class, this girl came up to me and said, hey, you do skin. I said, yes, you know, I mostly do waxing, but I, you know, I, I am kind of getting a little bit into the skincare stuff. And she said, I really need your help. I have acne and I've taken Accutane three times. Yeah. (laughs) So, and you know, I, I hadn't really done anything with skin. I'd just been doing waxing. So she, I just said, "Well, I don't, I don't really know." She goes, "Well, just um, maybe we can trade." She is a personal trainer, and um, she goes, "Maybe we can trade if you want to." And so I had her come in, and you know, she she out of all the people that I've treated over the years, she has the most severe acne out of anyone. Oh,
0: so you got thrown right in to the trying to figure it out <laughs> pool pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, so I started doing some research on acne. So I had acne as a kid and I did take Accutane when I was 12. And so I started doing research on it and realizing that the treatment process really hadn't changed at all since I was a teenager. And so she's kind of what really pushed me. I mean, she she was kind of my guinea pig. I tried everything on her skin. (laughs) And uh, we eventually got it clear, but that's kind of how I started, you know, narrowing in on on products and, and what type of ingredients to use for different types of acne and and how to do it. So <laughs> she she is like definitely uh, helped me steer me in that that direction. And it's so weird, like you've said before on other podcasts, Lori is sometimes just things happen in your life because you're meant to go down a path, but maybe you wouldn't have gone down that path if that one person or that one situation hadn't come into your life.
0: I think it's so true. It helps us find our purpose. And so are you now like you have such a cool setup, tell everybody what you're doing. And but are you in the same location that you had moved into? Or is this because I just saw your little video on Instagram. And if you guys want to Carly, what's your Instagram, I like to call it handle. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's Austin Skin Plus.
0: So you have the best social media. So this little place you're in is so cute. Is that where you were? Or how did you end up here? Yeah, so I was still in that one
1: little room. It was one of those places that where there's like a ton of different rooms to rent. There was hair people, massage people, estheticians, one of those types of things.
0: So salon studio type thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I realized that I... Was you know how they are? They're loud and all that stuff. And I was starting to grow, and I and I wanted a bigger space, and I just wanted a storefront. And I was getting more clientele. And I, at this point, I had stepped away. I had decided to step away from the ER, which I sh- probably should have done that six months prior to me doing it. Um, but you know how it is, taking that that leap. Oh yeah. <laughs> just was and really honestly, kind of two things happened when I was in the ER. I there was a day where. I want to say we had three codes in a day and a code means that I was doing CPR on three different people. And I, I remember coming home just
0: saying, is this my life? Facials uh, yeah. are much easier than <laughs> dealing with something like that, right? Life-saving.
1: Exactly. And I, and I love helping people. I, I just wanted to do it in a different way. And and then shortly after that, my dad had called me. So I, I was getting busier and my dad's a retired business guy. So I asked him to help me with my books so one day he called me and he said, so you know that in business industries, there's like a certain um, standard of what you should be charging, right? I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> I said, I'm actually it, charging below what everyone else is charging. And he goes, are you serious? <laughs> and so it was so funny because at this time.
0: I thought he was going to tell you to charge more. He thought you were overcharging.
1: Yeah, he thought I was over. <laughs> Dude, he's like, people are paying this much for a Brazilian wax. And he was like, What's a Brazilian? And then I had to.
0: (laughs) My dad still tells people I'm a drug dealer because he cannot. And I'm like, why would you ever say that about me? I don't even take Sudafed. And he's like, I don't know what you do to live the life that you're living.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So after that conversation, he because I had, you know, been still thinking like, is the beauty industry like a real career? Do I need a big girl job? And I, you know, with my parents, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll go back to school and be a nurse or whatever. And so my dad said, he goes, don't ever go back to school you need to quit that job and do this business for ah,
0: good for your dad. Give him a high five next time you see him.
1: I know, especially just like, a, you know, a dad saying that to go go work in the beauty industry. So that was like a big thing that happened. So I made plans to, you know, step away from the ER. And so then I, you know, had that little space and I looked, I was looking for retail space. And man, let me tell you, Austin is so expensive for retail space and I am not one of those people I haven't taken out alone at all to start my business I just started with what I had anytime I needed to decorate my the rooms that I had been in I just took everything from my house and and used it until I was able to buy something and then took it back to my house
0: <laughs> so you actually did all of this as a single gal
1: yes mm-hmm yeah
0: never married, no kids.
1: <laughs> yes, everything as a single gal. Like I said, no, no loans or anything. And so yeah, I was looking for a space, all the retail spaces were really expensive. And also, to be honest with you, Lori, a little bit too fancy for me. I'm not a fancy person. Yeah, I do like girly things. But for what I wanted to do, I, I didn't want to be that place where people walk in and you know,
0: it's, niche.
1: <laughs> when you struggle with skin issues, you don't feel comfortable going into a free fruit place because one of my clients told me she goes I didn't feel even feel good enough to be sitting in a place like that, you know? So I wanted it to be small and comfortable. So I found it, some guy advertising on Craigslist for renting out half of his space, they were going to start a spray tan business. So I went and looked at the space and it was set up pretty well to where we could have it. And I could have my own entrance and they had their own entrance. So I decided to rent it and then my rent went up again, but it was still only a thousand dollars. So that was good. And then eventually they went out of business. And I took over the whole entire space. Wow.
0: So what did you have to do when you moved in there? Was it a full remodel or?
1: So I did have to put in a plumb in a sink. And then I did have to, it was carpet. So I had to put in new floor. And that was it in the beginning.
0: What's the size of your space now?
1: I want to say it's probably 950 square feet.
0: Yeah, that sounds so nice and perfect. How many treatment rooms do you have?
1: So I have one main room and then I have another one. So when I took over their space, I built another room. I just haven't plumbed it yet. So that's going to be going on here in the next month. We're going to plumb it and paint it and all that fun stuff. And then I have another room with all the product development type stuff. And then a back room where there was a ro- washer and dryer, but I ripped all that out because I, d- I didn't
0: want to do laundry <laughs> anymore. Oh God, good for you. So you really focus now on problematic skin types, acne. Yes. And then That's I, I know that you have, you're a member of the cosmetic chemistry society. Did that help you a lot in figuring out how to address this, those certain skin types?
1: Yeah, it really did. They um, have a lot of publications and that you can read. And I also have just, I went to that. Have you heard of the UCLA?
0: Yeah. Rebecca, I keep wanting to get her on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Or or Irina is great too. Okay. So I went to that class and I, so it was two days. The first day I always sit right in the front and then I figured out they had their actual chemist in there. (laughs) So then the next day I found him and made sure I sat right next to him (laughs) so I could get all the information. Yeah. Full advantage. Right. Without (laughs) being annoying. Just like, Hey, what do you think about this? (laughs) So now with formulating, you know, I can say, Hey, can I, can I talk to, you know, so-and-so and, and now I talk to him all the
0: time and figure out, you know, what I want to make. Well, let's, let me hit the pause button for just a second. So how long into you just make this big change into your own space, you put in new floors and paint and all plumbing and that crazy stuff. How long did you take to get settled into your business before you decided to formulate your own line?
1: So when I was mo- when I moved to the new storefront space, I knew that I it was kind of in the works in my head anyway of wanting to start formulating. So I launched the line last February.
0: And how long had you been in your space?
1: Oh, probably 6 months maybe.
0: Oh, so you did it right away. I was going to ask you if it increased your sales tremendously, but would you know that? you know the metrics there because it was so new everything
1: well it did because i actually flew or i asked my parents to come down here and help me <laughs> so we to save money i bought everything in bulk and made my parents fill and label on bottles
0: good for you
1: so they were in my little team and my dad was so into it he like <laughs> organized he had typed out all these instructions and stuff And so, yeah, they came down here and we filled what we thought was going to be six months worth of product. And I ended up selling it in probably three
0: months. I feel so excited for you. And you can literally say that your products are made with love if your family was there helping you do this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, if you had to give a little bit of advice to somebody, because I think we're really struggling now as practitioners with Amazon or, you know, online stores this is a great thing. Like what advice would you give to somebody that maybe has an idea or a niche that they want to create a product line surrounding?
1: As far as everybody being frustrated about buying things on Amazon?
0: (laughs) Well, just, you know, what was the first step, you know, was it just taking that class that made you step forward into doing the cosmetic, you know, formulations yourself?
1: Well, I, I think I always like looking back be even as a kid, I think I always wanted to have a product line. But I mean, Was that really real in my head? No, it's just something I thought I would do. But I think once I started getting into the industry and started doing some research about having a product line, it all just kind of started flowing together. And I, you know, I tried to reach out to other estheticians to give me information, but no one would give me any information. So then that's when I just started contacting these labs and, you know, they would give me information, but I would try and find other estheticians who I saw had their product line. But as you know, it's a pretty secretive industry. So no one would really give me any information. So I kind of just had to figure out how to do it by trial and error. I mean, I I, have, I did make some mistakes in the beginning. You know, if for anyone who is wanting to start their product line, not all labs are created equal. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't get my products just from one lab. You definitely have to do your research. One chemist will tell you one thing and then the other chemist will tell you another thing. And what I've done is said, okay, you know, take both information and then say, do you have any research behind that? Because, you know, just it's an opinion There, it's their opinion on their years of formulating, which is a great opinion. I mean, obviously if they've done it forever, just like you and I, you know, we touch the skin every single day. So we do know how things react. However, you know, when you're going to a lab, they are salespeople as well. So you want to make sure that you do your own research.
0: So I know that probably doing this makes you feel really proud and it's probably much easier to sell when it's your own <laughs> bottle of love, so to speak. But is there any, like, what was the hardest part of it? Was it the labels? Was it the bottles? Was there one challenge you just kept having to press through when you were doing this?
1: The bottles are, and I still have a hard time because I'm trying to source uh, bottles right now and... It's just really hard. I mean, some of them, the minimum is like 100,000 pieces. Well, I'm not selling 100,000 pieces. So, you know, or to get them custom made with, you know, I would love to have like some really cool green and white bottles, but, you know, then I'd have to order a ton of them. So the really the hardest thing for me in the beginning was, you know, like I said, we I sold through all of that, what I thought was gonna be six months worth of product. And then I was waking up in the morning filling product before I went to work (laughs) because I had it all here. We had the production here in my house. And so I would wake up, try and fill bottles, label them, take them to work. So that was really hard in the beginning because you just, as you know, sometimes you're like, whoa, we sold a lot of those in that week. You know, it just kind of wasn't consistent in the beginning as businesses are growing. So that was probably the hardest part, just like the logistics.
0: Perfect. So I have two questions for you. First of all, how did you find out about me in the Beauty Biz Club? I've never asked you that, but I'm so glad you found your way into our group.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I somehow got into like this podcast listening phase. And I think I was listening to, I was trying to find something on Reiki healing. Uh-huh. And I believe you uh-huh. interviewed someone on
0: Reiki. Linda, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: and I think that that's how I found you. And then I started listening to it And then I I found her Jeffrey Chambers on there, and she was in Austin. I was like, oh, that's so cool. So then I went and got a a treatment from her, and she said, oh, you should go to the live event. And, you know, at this point, like we talked about earlier, I just really have been in my own little world. I don't really communicate with really – many est- estheticians or really anyone in the beauty industry so I kind of just was feeling a little bit lonely and it was perfect timing because I kind of was losing my steam like we all do no matter how successful you are It's just sometimes you're like oh you know it's just you get in kind of in that funk and so I it was perfect timing I found it and I started listening to it and I thought man this is really cool. This is these podcasts are really awesome. And I started listening to them every morning just to kind of get my day going. And then I decided to go to the live event.
0: Very cool. Well, I'm like I said earlier, I'm so glad that you you found your way into my life because you are definitely are an inspiration. As we wind down today, first of all, people are going to want to book appointments with you probably that live in Austin or cyber stalk you, which happens a lot after somebody's on a podcast. So would you share your business URL?
1: Yeah, it's com.
0: Is it spelled out P-L-U-S or is it the plus sign?
1: It's spelled out. Okay. PLUS.
0: And then I I always like to end the podcast by having my guests share a success tip for our listeners. So is there anything you want to throw out there to to help people who – need some inspiration, motivation, anything, you know, that you could share from your experience?
1: Yeah, I actually have a bunch of success. tips. <laughs> awesome. Well, Why don't you share two or three? That would be great. I kind of base these off of what I heard at your live event. Okay. Because as you know, a lot of girls kind of got up and on the microphone and talked in and, and I just noticed a lot, a lot of women were kind of asking the same question in a different way. So one thing is, your success is often a billboard for other people's failures. And what I mean by that is there was a girl that got up and she said, I'm, I'm just scared to be successful because of other women around me. And as we talked about before, it's just, I don't know why, but people just like to take you down. <laughs> <laughs> so just don't worry about that. It's, it's going to happen. I mean, I'm I know that you've been through it. Other SDGs have been through it. I mean, probably half the people on the podcast have have had some sort of situation
0: like that. I think, you know, it's funny that you bring this up because last night, Jay and I were talking about Justin Timberlake's performance at the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. And I said, I guess that's when you know you've really made it. Like, half the reviews were so incredible and half the people just ripped on him. And if it's only people who love you singing you praises, you probably aren't that well known yet. <laughs>
1: so. Exactly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Take it as a compliment. You want a little bit of both. Then that way, you know, everybody's paying attention.
1: Right. And then my other one is surround yourself with knowledge. So, you know, you will work harder for yourself than you will for anyone else. And surround yourself with business owners who are ahead of you. You can surround yourself with business owners who, you know, maybe aren't, successful or whatever. But, you know, like my dad, you always used to make me play soccer on like the older girls team. And I would cry and be like, I don't want to play with them. He's like, you're going to, it'll make you better. So just surround yourself with people who are, who you think are better than you, like a role model, a mentor, whatever. Um, It's a big thing.
0: I love that. And it's a shift that a lot of people need to make. Again, going back to what we talked about earlier, you know, with that woman calling you and apologizing, it's a self- maybe development type thing. A lot of people are envious when they see somebody doing better than them. And you really should shift that into get curious because success leaves clues.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree 100%.
0: I love that your dad made you play soccer with the older girls.
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) He made me do a lot of things I didn't want to do, but it made me who I am today, I guess. The other one I think too is the biggest killer of business is debt. So just because you see some other woman in our industry opening up this super fancy salon with all this fancy equipment and all that stuff, don't get discouraged by that. Because I'm going to tell you, I've seen it so many times and those people are not in business anymore. So don't be ashamed that you might not have the fancy stuff. My, my, my shop is not fancy at all. But when people walk in, they're like, oh my gosh, it's so cute in here.
0: Oh, it's you adorable.
1: So don't, don't be afraid of not having enough money or, you know, you you don't, you don't need all the things and then make your business, like run your business like a real business. So I I don't know about you, Lori, but what I've noticed with people in our industry, they don't even, they haven't even registered their business. They don't have business insurance. They don't even have a separate bank account. So separate all that, run it like it's like, you're going to be an empire eventually someday.
0: You know, that is really good advice. And I was quite shocked yesterday I taught policies and procedures. Mm -hmm. It's a training. And I thought I was going to get hundreds of estheticians signing up because it's so important that we put these in place and implement them. And I was quite shocked at how many people didn't jump at the chance to learn how to up their level of professionalism, honestly. So thank you for sharing that advice. It's a powerful piece of information for practitioners.
1: You just have to, I mean, you, it's, it's, you just have to, I know someone uh, that I know in my life is not collecting sales tax. And to me, like, why would you put that much hard work into running a business when, if they find out they'll shut your whole entire business down?
0: Yeah. You know, you got to run it like a business. That's a great, great, great. It it sounds so simple, but (laughs) so many people are not doing it. So that is great advice.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: You know, Well, I just want to thank you for being here today because I know that this is really going to be helpful to a lot of people that needed a little bit of inspiration from somebody who's been on the journey and willing to share their story. So thank you so much for taking the time to do the show. And also, I can't wait to meet you next month.
1: I know. I'm excited to go. And thank you so much for having me on. I I hope that my story can encourage other people who have been in a tough spot and just know that because you might be having some hard times don't take it as a sign that you're not meant to do this if, if you really truly believe in your heart that you are meant to do this just you just got to put your head down and just just do it
0: <laughs> it will it will all work out Ah, oh, well thank you so much carly you were a pleasure speaking to this morning and have a great day and one more time before we go last note throw out the, your url again in case people want to come visit you in there in austin
1: yeah, it's, you can find me at austinskinplus.com. And then I am on Instagram and Facebook as well as
0: Austin Skin Plus. Awesome. Thanks so much, Carly. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to build the beauty biz of your dreams. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, the only professional success-based society designed to fuel your success by providing you with the ongoing resources that are needed to excel in the beauty industry, please visit beautybizclub.com. Again, that's beautybizclub.com. Also, if you'd like a copy of my free report, Top 10 Secrets of Successful Beauty Biz Practitioners, please visit lorikrete.com.